to see here, kid. You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Experience is Key podcast. This is episode three, and it is your two wonderful hosts back to speak with you once again. As you know, my name is Robin, and my beautiful host right next to me is named who? My name is Drea. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) You're introducing me like, I don't know, we're two entertainers. Is that what we are now? I mean, in some cases. We give wonderful advice, have great discussions, and we make people laugh. How is that not entertainment? I guess we're here. We're here for y'all's entertainment. And yeah, okay, I'll give it to you. Thank you. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Robin? Uh, today is talking about the holiday season and surviving as a couple. Now, this is more general. Uh, the holiday season is coming up, so that's what we're talking about surviving as a couple for the holidays but of course this doesn't go beyond the holidays and just daily life in general i mean yeah what we're talking about today is surviving the holidays as a couple but this can even extend as robin is saying to just surviving and what it means to survive as a couple and what it means to go beyond survival we're going to be drawing from our own experiences here as we prepare to spend our first thanksgiving season together as a couple and hopefully our listeners can get something out of that too. Mm. Okay, so I I think this I think this first question I want to ask, I didn't write it down because usually I like to or we like to plan ahead of time what questions we want to ask. But this, this one's blindsiding me though. I didn't get a chance to look at the notes yet, and so whatever you're going to ask me today is a mystery. No, this is a pretty I guess in in most cases now when I ask you a question. This is a pretty easy question. Okay. <laughs> it's right. just um, what, how have your holidays been and what does the holiday season mean for you as, as an individual before we get into how we are as a couple? Okay. I, I can answer that. The holidays have always been about family for me, first mm-hmm. and foremost. Um, I mentioned on the first episode of this podcast that I'm from an island. My family's from the islands and with that We have our own cultural norms that come with the holiday season. Mm -hmm. Where we come from, we don't have a Thanksgiving day, but Christmas is huge because our religion is Christianity. And that's the day in our religion that we use to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And so we gather around as a family. I remember as a kid... We had to practice a lot of discipline, meaning we don't get the opportunity to wake our parents up at odd hours of the night and say, it's time to open gifts. Mm. Our parents actually used to send us back to bed and say, go to sleep (laughs) (laughs) and wait for us to wake up. And then when we woke up, we had a breakfast together, Mm -hmm. a family breakfast, Yeah. usually our traditional island food and chocolate tea and... um, this would probably give away the island that I'm from, but saltfish and those kinds of things. Um, and then we would read the story 
from the Bible of Jesus' birth to really put into perspective why we celebrate this holiday, mm-hmm. what the meaning is to us, mm-hmm. and then then we go into the commercial part, which is the opening the gifts. Right. And and all of that. Right. So for me it's always meant family. There's only one Christmas holiday ever that I have never spent with my family, and that was the year my grandmother died, unfortunately, and so we had to split up um, along the same time that my grandmother died. I had an aunt that died, mm. and so some of us had to go to another country to go bury my aunt before we all joined up again together to bury my grandmother, and that was on New Year's Eve of 2016. Right. And that's the only time I've ever spent the holidays, not with my entire family, meaning my entire Mm -hmm. immediate family. But even when we lived on the island, Christmas especially was about having all of our aunts and uncles there, big feasts, lots of food, and just being together. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think about when I think about the holidays for me as an individual. I like that. What about you? I share the same sentiment. The holidays for me is just, again, all about family. And I think that's why, like, the later half of the year with Thanksgiving, like, with Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and the New Year's are probably my favorite ever. Mm -hmm. Just because it's just all my family around and it's such a great time. And usually the tradition... But mostly for Thanksgiving is I now it's pretty much a rotation of whose house we're going to and who's bringing what and who's cooking what. And I've come to realize how my family loves food in excess, which isn't a bad thing. It's a really big family. You love, so. you love to use that word excess. What do you mean by food in excess? Uh, I mean, it is like, why are we feeding almost three houses full of people when it's clearly just one and it's like three groups? <laughs> It's an excess. But then I realize, um, no, it's not an excess because everyone comes with their three plates and all the Tupperware mm-hmm. ready to take their food for the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then you see that uh, you see that food spending budget is a lot less because you got all your got all your fixings for the next couple of days. I mean, that's the next couple of days. I plan to be eating for a few weeks. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving food. Um, I think I like it the most just because, like, of course we have the traditionally, like, turkey and then, you know, your mashed potatoes and mac and cheese and all those other sides and everything else like that. But then, you know, we have our little cultural twist. We need to throw a little flan for dessert. Yes! Throw some Flan! Sorry. Flan throw, is my favorite <laughs> dessert ever. Throw some, <laughs> you know, um, throw some patelitos in there, you know, like little... Patelitos. <laughs> <laughs> little finger foods, like we call it, like picaderas, you know, like have those little things there. So like some guipes, and then we have potato salad. Which, uh, potato salad is my Y'all ultimate favorite see me right side now, dish. But I am grinning. I am so excited. It's so funny because this year though, it's like it's almost like an argument to like bring less and not a lot. Okay, but like, that's a Caribbean thing though. Mm-hmm. Every single year, I kid you not, at my house for Thanksgiving, especially mm-hmm. even before my dad went vegan and stuff like that. Between my neighbors and I, we're always complaining we have to cook less food. We yeah. cannot have this much food. Like, we are, there's no way we can eat all of this food. And every year, without fail, we make too much food. 
Yeah, because then you make room for, you know, the person in your family like me who was the vacuum cleaner of the house. Mm. And you're like, you'll eat it. You'll find a way. <laughs> you'll make room. But it, that's what I, like, Thanksgiving is just great because of all the food. And it's all home cooked. It's all delicious. Like, I love it so much. And then Christmas, I, I think I always come to realize that Christmas becomes my favorite time of the year. Not because of the, not just because of my family. But also because I love seeing how cities change and neighborhoods just quite literally light up when it's Christmas time. I love seeing all the house decorations. I love feeling how even when the weather's cooled down, you just get home. It's nice, warm, and toasty. You make some hot chocolate. You want to sit down with people more and have conversations. It's just such a much more relaxed and chilled environment. And as Drea knows me, I love nothing more than just sitting in my house Playing my video, I messed that video up. Video games. Video games. Video games. Yep. Yeah. That's <laughs> my <great>. video games. <laughs> relaxing. Maybe watching Netflix as Drea has literally hooked me onto Gilmore Girls, and I absolutely I am love so watching excited it. Excited. So you're watching. So I am a Gilmore Girls fan, almost like a super fan. I love watching it, and this year I decided to rewatch it. Um, but I didn't want to do it alone. You know, you got you got a man now, so. Sometimes when you're in relationships, as we'll talk about, you make some sacrifices for your partner. One of those sacrifices this year was sitting down and watching a few episodes of Gilmore Girls with me. And tell the people how you love it. <laughs> I wanted to deny so bad that I wasn't going to love it. But then I love it. Uh, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I love the characters. I loved I love everything about that show from, like, the humor to the people to the environment. Also, I don't know if the people who developed this show and everything like that are all still with us. But whoever, like, did the casting, and I say it all the time, but whoever did the casting for that show, such a great job. The talent there is amazing. Everyone, even though, you know, like, they're not all actually, like, blood-related family, it really feels like family. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great watch this time of year. It is, and because it's fall in Hartford, Connecticut, and we're also in the, the Northeast, and it's actually turning into winter over here now. Um, it's such a cozy show to watch, and I'm so excited I get to share that part of my, I won't say childhood, but um, late teens to young adulthood with you has been super special, mm -hmm. and I'm very glad you're enjoying it, too. Right. So maybe we'll make it a tradition. We can watch it. Every we can. Day. I, I think that's what always makes it fun for the holiday season for me. Like tradition is such a fun thing. Like I can't wait. I don't know if mom is doing the whole like matching pajama sets and everything else like that. But we are gonna have Christmas breakfast, which I can't wait for. My mom is and, absolutely yeah. doing Christmas pajamas, and I love you, mom. But I'm dreading it because I don't know what ridiculous sets of pajamas you're gonna put us in this year. Hey, but to be fair, at least you don't have to plan your outfit the next day. The next day, how long do you wear your pajamas? When I'm when I'm not working, all day. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Why am I gonna leave the comfort? I hope you shower. Ah, uh, well, I mean, this episode's all about some compromise today. We'll see. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, this is bad. Okay, no, I know you shower. You know I you know how I feel about feeling cleanly and smelling you good. You shower all the time. So yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that's what the holidays mean to us, so. Yeah, so I I think that's already great because now we hear how 
we are sort of synced up when it comes to the holidays because mm-hmm. it's about family. Yeah. And as two people who are now in uh, the relationship we are and just how we connect through family, it's going to be really interesting to see how we were gonna, how we're going to do with our first holiday season together. Mm-hmm. So is there anything in terms of our topic is about surviving, yeah. you know, as a couple. Surviving in air quotes. They can't see you. <laughs> He made air quotes just now, uh, and I'm looking at him like, this is an audio podcast. You are not visible. <laughs> yes, I get it. I just, I'm a visual talker, okay? I, I move know, with my hands. If I you guys know. can hear the wind moving through the mic, there you go. I'm moving my hands. Anyways. Hopefully not. We would edit that out anyway. <laughs> Anyways. I think we should explain a little bit more when we talk about survival because we're not really talking about like, oh, it's life and death and I'm dread. Like it's, it's, it's not that dramatic and deep. Okay. But we can talk about it as in just like. Give, give Robin's definition. I know you love your definition. Give the Robin context so that our audience knows what's in your head when we're talking about survival. The way my eyes are skewed. That's because you know me so well. Yes. I made it very simple this time. Okay. I didn't even pull out the dictionary. Wow. <laughs> you have abandoned Google? Well, you know, we all can't be Rory from Gilmore Girls. You're right. Uh, You're right. I, I can't be. Look at you making I, Gilmore Girls references. You better go ahead. <laughs> Don't make me talk like Luke now because <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> we watched so, a lot of Gilmore Girls today. So, yeah. That's we our week. make we- that reference a lot. It's the weekend ritual. But. <laughs> I, I literally just stated that survival, especially when it comes to the day-to-day and even in our relationships, is just getting through to the end of the day, making it through our 24 hours, and just getting on ready for the next day. And we're looking at it today because I think we're just thinking about, is this enough? Mm-hmm. And in the case of relationships, any relationship, family, friends, and you know, um, in your romantic lives, is that enough? And how, if it's not enough, how do we want to enrich our lives a little bit more so we're not just surviving? Yeah, and this is the only question that wasn't a surprise to me. Not because I came up with it, but kind of because I (laughs) helped come up with it. And I thought about it a little more at first. The knee-jerk reaction was no. But as I've thought some more and... As situations in our life have now, in my life and how it affects your life has now has now dictated. Sometimes it has to be. Mm. You know, yeah. yeah. Like there will be days in our relationship, and there have been days that survival is the baseline. Oh yeah. And I actually saw a video the other day of Mrs. Obama, first former first lady. Best my, first lady. My first lady forever. Best first lady. My first lady forever. Talking about her marriage to Barack and talking about there, how there are some low points. Mm. Was this especially like during their president, like during his presidency? I don't know that there were any specifics. It was a small clip, so I didn't watch the whole okay. interview. I feel like I remember this being stated around some point too. How like with Barack being president, like it was stressful, mm-hmm. and like. That really, I I think it is so amazing that she talked about it, even to any capacity when it comes to like what it means in that higher scope. Because we're not going to understand 
right. as a first lady and a president how it how it is. But like it just keeps it so grounded. It keeps it grounded. It keeps it real. And for her to say that, you know, the current portrayal of marriage is that it has to be this fairy tale, and it doesn't have to be marriage, but relationship in general. And it's something that Robin and I talk about all the time, is that we have this mindset and we're so grateful that we have parents that have modeled for us that these relationships are not all roses and gumdrops and fairy tales. There are hard days. There are hard decisions that need to be made. And no, they're not necessarily displaying all of those hard moments, but the longevity that both of our parents have had, both sets of our parents have had, um, in their marriages has modeled for us how we want to be in our relationships and potential future marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. And for Mrs. Obama to say, and it really hit me that she, she said this, that she feels as though most young people give up too early on relationships that could be really, really spectacular Mm -hmm. because they are not prepared for these plain just survival days. Right. You know, having days when you're not super fond of your partner, Mm -hmm. having having days when you've just come off of something really, really hard and you're really down on yourself. I had one of those days this week. I think that was this week in general (laughs) for the both of us. It was just a hard week. It was a really hard week. Having to trust that you're still going to be here at the end of the day is difficult. Mm-hmm. And when you think back on that, this was a survival week. Oh, yeah. And maybe we'll have worse, where it's just like, this is the bare minimum mm-hmm. survival week. But it it's not going to be like we're living on a high every time. Right. I had to take a pause for a second because that... I. I I don't really, I didn't really think about it that way, to be honest, too. Hmm. Because I thought about it more just always like, how do I make it to the end of the day? Yeah. And even when we think about in different relationships and everything else like that, like how another person affects us to make it through the end of the day. Yes. And how important that is. Because I feel like I wrote down and I mentioned how sometimes the mundane routine is sometimes not enough or it can be very boring but that also is a big part of how we survive yeah and it's important in that like getting through those tough days or even weeks because i feel like i mentioned you before how like getting a good morning and then getting the good night i love you and all of that is very big for me i don't feel like my day starts until i get a good morning from you and that i know that like you're getting through your day and like having those little check-ins because that's such a big thing. But then I also think, what are other ways to help make it through a really hard week? Because I know it's not enough where I just say good morning, good night, and I check in in the middle of the day. Because I know it can be really hard some days. Like yeah. I've gotten texts from you where I'm just, just really hard day at work. And you're just like, oh, I need a hug. But then I'm not there. And I have my own long day and I can't really give a hug. So... What have you noticed too, and this can be from our perspective or from what we've seen, is like that extra step to help enrich the relationship 
and that like it is worth it to really stick it out on those tough survival weekdays. For me, it is all about the conversation. I am a woman that loves words. Not necessarily because words of affirmation is my love language, Mm. but I find and derive so much meaning from words. I think you've noticed that about me. (laughs) Good, bad, or indifferent words impact me. So I often will... want to have a conversation Mm -hmm. an in-depth conversation about how I'm feeling why I'm feeling that are you feeling something similar Mm -hmm. and how we can resolve it if something actually needs to be resolved yes I need my partner to be understanding of that for me (laughs) because let's be honest not everyone can handle that conversation and that conversational yeah. aspect on a cyclical basis every day. Yeah. But I can. And that's something that I that I need. Mm-hmm. So actually, sometimes for me, that routine of just having that good morning, having that something that's super important for me, that I love you in the night. I was talking to a friend of mine when we just got together, actually, about the difference And this is how you know I'm a linguophile. I love languages. And a lingophile. Lingua, meaning language, and lingo, which is just the word part. Show off. Sorry. And it might be wrong anyway, but y'all don't have to look it up and fact check me. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just gotta pretend like you know, and then people won't question you. Um, About the difference between just love you and I love you. Mm. They feel different to me. Yeah. They feel different. So at the beginning of a relationship, when we started to say, I love you to each other, and you would just say, okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> I struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Because... Just love you sometimes just feels so flippant. And there are situations in which that's appropriate yeah like at the end of a phone call if you really gotta go love you bye Mm -hmm. um it might not land the same way but at the end of the night when everything is winding down and you look at me with intent or you spend that time to write hey drea just to remind you at the end of the day i love you yeah if it lands on me differently and sinks in me differently and you might not think that's enough but that means the world to me yeah and so to have that those words to hang on to to push me through to the next day does mean survival for me yeah and to have that routine i mean in this week when i thought that wasn't gonna happen that's actually the thing that started to unravel me yeah and when that text message came through that said okay you know it's been a rough day I'm going to go to bed, but I love you. My entire world paused. I felt that calm wash over me, and I knew, okay, we're going to be okay. Yeah. I might have lost my ever-loving mind this week, (laughs) but we're going to be okay. Yeah. 
And it's little things like that that help me individually survive and know that our relationship is going to survive. Yeah. I have something within the same vein. And I think it's definitely just been emphasized in the last couple of days. Mm. Because I think I've been finally starting to open up with you about all the traumas and stuff that I feel inside. Mm-hmm. And I think this is... I, I really haven't um, emphasized really to you how much I really keep personal business personal business. Yes. Because, and this is just my own mindset. I've had it for years because I don't, I don't like troubling people. I don't like adding and compounding more problems when I know people have problems. Yeah. And this even goes with my family. And I think I've been starting to learn more to express to them and they've been starting to see... And I, I, it's, it's even worse because I feel bad now when I tell them things that I've been holding in mm. and they listen to the podcast sometimes. So they've been hearing more of this stuff <laughs> and like, they're just like, we had no idea you felt that way. And I was like, why would I tell you? I don't want you to feel troubled or to be feeling like it's your fault or it's a problem because I can handle it. I can mm. handle it on my own. And I realize that like my survival instinct is drown myself in work, drown myself in some video games, go to my room, be on my own, because that's how I know I'm going to make it through a day. Because mm-hmm. like, I, I will figure it out. But then like, this week, I realized the biggest way that I really do solve a problem is just by talking about it. Like with you, like words are important. But really the conversation and listening and the acknowledgement from someone that like it's okay like we're gonna figure this out and like you don't have to worry is so relieving to me because as I was talking to Drea this week like the the week was just hard because my own mental state when it comes to my own success and even people around me is always a haunting thing and it was so nice and I appreciate just being able to talk about how, you know, like previous friendships and previous relationships really still have such a hold on me. Yeah. But I didn't want to talk about it because it just, I felt very ashamed about it. Where I was like, I let all this stuff happen. I can't believe that it got to me. And just for you to like, and I guess this also emphasize how like the physical touch is also important to me too. Like the way you just like always hold my hand and give me a hug and just like a, small calm whisper and be like this this doesn't change any way I feel about you in fact it even just gives me more insight how you were feeling and why you have so many walls up because and I I may not be saying this verbatim but it's it's how you express to me that like somehow even though you know my intentions and that I'm here there's still a big chunk of me that still feels very far away yeah and that you're not really getting a lot of me. And that in itself can be really damaging to a relationship. That doesn't really let the relationship thrive and puts it in that survival mentality because it's in the hope that like one day I will express that. Yeah. And one day we'll finally get it out there and we'll talk about it. But the danger with that is that sometimes it can be too late. Yeah. When you finally are able to talk about it and like say what you need to say and what's bothering you or anything else like that. So... I always appreciate when 
hard-hitting stuff like that can happen so early in the relationship because the walls start to break down. I can be a little bit more vulnerable. And it just really gets it out there. And we can talk about it and just reaffirm and reiterate, like, this is not this is not our relationship. Yeah, Our relationship is different. It's going to be different. It's going to be a lot more amazing. Yeah. And, like, I feel that every time when we have conversations like that. And that's why those conversations are reassuring to me, too, and why I like to have them. Because the longer I wait to have those conversations, and I told you that this week, the longer I wait, the more I can create, or the longer time I can create, I have to create these narratives that might not be true. Mm -hmm. Narratives about what's going on, narratives about how you're perceiving a situation. But at the end of the day, I'm not you. Right. I don't know how you've thought through this question that seems insurmountable to me, but might not be to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a lot of that this week as I prepare for the next phase of my life. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it won't be so big once we really get up to that bridge, but I... I can be so anxiety-focused sometimes that it makes that hard. Right. So I need to have the conversations. I need to get the problem outside of me. And that's so critical during this holiday season because this can be a really difficult time for some people. I mean, I just shared my grandma um, died during the holiday season, and that was a really traumatic time for me. People with body image issues and eating disordered eating especially around a holiday like thanksgiving can be extremely hard and i have some of those hardships myself so being able to have the structure of what of what are our survival tips what are what is in our survival toolbox as a couple that i can pull out during a holiday season when things get hard mm-hmm is so key for me and I'm glad that we have that one of those being this regular expectation of conversation yeah and true raw stripped down conversation where both of us are probably gonna cry mm-hmm. I need you to put to be straight with me give me the straight Robin and then give me the sweet boyfriend Robin that wants to spare my feelings right and then I can do the same with, with you. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the conversation, everything's out in the open. I make sure, yes, I am intentional actually about holding your hand when we're having these discussions. And it's something I've learned from a lot of the relationship shows that I've watched. Um, love is Blind? No. Really. <laughs> I know, I'm making fun of it. I love Love is Blind. I also love Married at First Sight. I did. I'm kind of weaning myself off of it now. But I learned this from Married at First Sight. Mm. One of the relationship psychologists, Dr. Pepper, said that if you hold or remain or maintain a physical touch, a physical connection with your partner when you're having a difficult conversation, mm-hmm. 
you remember that it's you as a unit versus the problem and not you versus each other. True. You, there's that softness between that physical connection that makes you think more carefully about your words. Yeah. And it seems silly, but tell me how that, how that has impacted the conversations that we've had. Or when you think about arguments that you've had in your past relationships or disagreements and how we might do that differently. I think there's nothing worse when you feel like a crack in the relationship and then you just put more distance on yourselves mm-hmm. because you don't want to have those conversations face to face and there's no like physical touch because that distance only creates a bigger chasm and then yeah. you have to face it on your own. Even though like there is a conversation and everything else is going on, like you're not really hitting the problem. It's just creating a bigger one, which is why I feel like there's a difference between, I'm glad we established this very early, where like, we don't like to argue. Arguments solve nothing. It has to be conversations. Yeah. And it has to be discussions. If we're mad and we're riled up, fine, take a minute, breathe, relax, collect your thoughts. But if we are discussing something together, it needs to be a conversation. Yeah. Or else we're never going to move forward. And then that goes with, even even when there's just a sad moment going on, there's nothing better than when like someone holds you and is just explaining to you or just listening to you vent and talk about it that it's so important. And it's it's always interesting when it comes to these times of year because I say even for me, like you ex- you talked about your grandmother and then for me personally there's like my like my father who passed away and like for context guys. So when I was a baby, um, my father passed away in a motorcycle accident back home. And then, you know, my mother was already immigrated here to the United States. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully I have my father now who loved to death. I will never call him stepfather till the day I die. It takes a really special kind of man to step into this kind of life with a single mom and a very infant child and just do everything that he did, which is why this time of year in November is so special to me. And I never realized that when I was young because interestingly enough, November 16th is technically the anniversary of his passing. And that passed recently. But when I was younger, I used to feel so sad this time of year. And I never understood why. I was so sad. And then I remember my mom talking to me about it and she's, she just explained to me like, you, know, you probably just feel upset because it's this time of year where your dad's passing happened. It was November 16th and you didn't know, but you just feel like a heaviness and a sadness. And uh, like Drea can always talk about how like paternal father figures are such an important discussion to me. And like, I always fear, feel teared up and sad about it, but like, I always appreciated the comfort when my mom and I talked about it and we would just hug each other, both cry about it, both talk about it, smile, and just say, like, there's nothing but love this time of year. Because it's a time of year for family, it's a time of year for appreciation and giving thanks, and there's no better thanks than just knowing that like we have our lives, we have support, we support each other. And even though the person isn't here physically, like, they're here. 
and we found other people to be able to support us. Now, like I said, there's my dad, there's Drea now, there's my sisters. I have made so many beautiful connections, and it's really just creative. Uh, it's created a lot of enrichment in my life. Yeah. And again, it just always goes back to the physical. That's why hugs and like holding holding my hand are such a big thing because I feel like that's what's always help me get through a lot of tough times. And the funny thing is when I think back on some of our earliest conversations, you used to actually not be so receptive to me holding your hand when you were emotional. Yeah. But I'm adamant about it. Mm-hmm. I'm adamant about it. And I appreciate it. Because I want you to know that no matter what, if we are angry at each other, if we are upset at a situation, the baseline of any situation that we're in is that I'm your partner. Mm -hmm. I will always be that to you. And so me holding your hand during those really tough discussions is me making a physical stance to you in that even though this conversation is difficult, even though it doesn't feel great emotionally right now, mm -hmm. I still know why I'm here. Right. And I want that to be the same for you. Even, even if I'm not receptive, if I'm super emotional to you and I might pull back a little bit from you holding my hand. It's a simple gesture. Right. When we're having tough discussions, do it anyway. Mm. True. And I really want to circle back to when you brought up Miss Obama, mm -hmm. our first lady, tried and true, the best. <laughs> um, I'm just going to keep praising her. But I, I want to go back to what you said because she makes a good point. A lot of people, and especially a lot of young relationships nowadays, I feel people aren't willing to really stick it out long enough and really, like, give it the chance and the time it needs to sort of, like, realize that the relationship is worth it. But I think we should also be careful with that mm -hmm. because they're in that mindset as we talk about surviving surviving the relationship we also need to keep in mind that like some things aren't really worth sticking it out like that for the long term because it can be it can be more damaging than it is rewarding sometimes yes and it's really important to be careful of that and understand that like um both parties are putting in the work yeah to really make the relationship survive, to make it thrive, to be better. So what are your healthy markers then for noticing when a relationship is no longer survivable? It's really noticing that you, as a couple in a partnership, are both making sure you're recharging each other's batteries. Yeah. And not just taking and wanting to pull away from someone's own happiness to refill your own. Because I myself remember this kind of being a point in my life where I felt like 
And I didn't realize it at first that I was taking away from someone's happiness because their happiness is my happiness. But then it becomes a leech effect. Yeah. Because whatever they're doing makes you happy. But you also need to remember for yourself what makes you happy. Because then what makes you happy in turn will make your partner happy. You need to enjoy each other's things and realize that it will be in your best interest in the long run sometimes. Because as we, I will bring it back to Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls ain't my kind of show. You guys know, I'm a, I love animation. I love, I love anime. I love cartoons. I watch a lot of animated movies. I love all the Disney movies. So sometimes I don't watch a lot of like the shows on Netflix that are on there. Like but real it, actors, real life depictions. That's more my kind of thing. Yeah, the 3D world is not my kind of world sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, I sit down and Dre introduces me to Gilmore Girls. And I, I think I just really fell in love with it just because the characters are so relatable. Mm-hmm. And... We had these conversations and then we started making all these connections within our own lives and with people. And I'm like, wow, like this really just helped not only see what Drea really likes, but also more conversations that we have are so much more enriching because we connected to this show. And it makes it so funny because we talk about it all the time. We're like, oh man, we're like we love seeing kids that are like Rory. It was so studious and so amazing and so important. And then we see, like, Lorelai, who's pretty much a kid at heart. But then I'm like, that's how I want to be as an adult. I, I would hate to lose my childish nature and my imagination like that. I can be serious, but also I can still be a kid and connect with my child if I want to. And there's all the other characters. Like, Luke is so strong and has a very, like, sometimes kind of narrow-minded head. But you see how much, like, he is a deep, caring soul who loves the people that he loves and is like really ready and willing to give it all to support them. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't have that if I didn't watch this show and if you didn't like bring it up to me. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm really glad you enjoy it like that. Um, I think thinking back to my own previous relationships, I've been not so great at knowing when to leave. Yes. It's hard. It's hard to know when to leave, especially when you're someone who cares a lot about people. Yeah. You really like you give your all to give them benefit of the doubt. I'm very much somebody who wants to make it work. I want to exhaust all options before I call it quits, and because of that, I've never been the person to pull the trigger on a breakup. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I really find value in Let's stick this together. Let's make this work. Our relationship, however, has shown me what it means to be in step with somebody versus when I have noticed that I'm no longer on the same page. Mm, That's really important when you're on the same page. Explain that more, though. So, in one of my previous relationships, we discussed, you know, where my head was at as far as, and Robin has mentioned this before, I've been applying to medical school for a while. Yes. It's taken me a while to get to this next phase of actually now I can say that I will be going to medical school. Woo! <laughs> 
it's super exciting for me. But I'm also somebody that likes to live in the future sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that means that I want to know what our plans would be. What are what are our potential paths for this scenario? Yes. What is that going to look like? Yep. The person I was with at the time was not thinking like that. Mm. And so we spoke a little bit about this in the last episode. I developed this insecure attachment style. Right. Because now I don't know how this person's thinking. Mm. I'm anxious all the time. I'm not getting the reassurance that I need about how are you thinking about my transition to medical school. Rather, I'm getting we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right. But that's not something that was sustainable for a woman that needs that security. Can we also pause for one second here? Because that is an important line that you just said, like, we will talk about it when we get there. Like, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. My boys, please, if you say that to your girl and you're in a serious, committed relationship, talk about it now. Don't talk about it when you get there. Be- Why do you say that? Because I, I, and I am also guilty of this, but that's an excuse. You think so? I think so. Something. Okay, because here's the thing. It's important to have timetables. And I think it's important to say, like, please, like, it's different when you say, hey, I don't have an answer now, mm-hmm. but let's talk about this tomorrow. Give me 24 hours to think on it. Give me a week to think on it. Because crossing that bridge when we get there, after two or three years, or however other long time, it, it's putting it off way too much. Yeah. And it's so much better to think about it fresh in your head and give yourself that moment to just pause, breathe, and, like, get your mind together, then just keep pushing it away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then, like, it could be forgotten. Or a lot of times, like, it can happen where it's just like, why are you throwing this at me out of nowhere? It's not out of nowhere. We talked about it quite a bit ago. Mm-hmm. But we may have just forgot because we got busy and stuff like that. So I personally think that the phrase of, like, we'll cross that bridge when we get there or when we have something like that, like, that is sort of the insecurity kicking in because, mm. you know, society and culture and like we should have an answer right away or like we should we should know what we're doing or everything else like that. Guys, sometimes you just don't know. And it's okay to say you don't know. Yeah. But it's also really important to be like, I need some time to think about it. But set the timetable for yourself and a date to be like, this is when we're going to talk about it. Because one it emphasizes to your partner that it is just as important to you as it is to them. And also that you are on the same page. And it was like, I do want to get there with you, but I just need a little bit more time to think about it. And this is the day we're going to talk about it because I haven't thought about it before. And you see, when you talk about it like that, it solidifies to me that I'm finally in a partnership that understands what I need without me I mean it's important to verbalize it I will always say that Mm -hmm. but you put words to things that I did not have language for then so for me 
I couldn't understand why I was feeling like I was lacking security, like I was lacking understanding. Like, I never knew when this relationship was going to dissolve because I did not know where this person's head was at. But to me, it was like, okay, well, once we get to have that conversation, we can fix this. It's All it takes is a conversation. But this person wasn't willing to have that conversation with me. Nope. And when I figured that out, I should have been gone. Guys, I should have left. Yes. But I hung around for the knowledge of maybe that conversation will finally happen soon. Mm -hmm. Instead, we broke up. Because I guess you can never really determine what it, like, why... You know, they say, oh, the relationship has run its course or whichever. To me, it just felt like we were just not on the same page. I wanted to have the in-depth conversations and have that secure relationship. And he was looking for someone who was just going to be lighthearted and fun all the time. That's not me. Right. I can be lighthearted and fun, but I have to have that security and that secure feeling first. Yeah, because slowly over time, you are fully investing yourself into your partner, just like how your partner is investing themselves into your life. It's not just meeting the family and friends because that's the routine thing to do, excuse me, in the relationship to make it strong and everything else like that. It's just because it means so much more when you're not saying it, oh, this is just a routine and this is just what we need to do. When it's just like the intention is, yes, I want to meet your family and friends. Yes, I want to have this conversation about this very difficult topic. Yes, we are in this because in the long term and everything else like that, we are going to have the marriage and commitment that we said we were. Yeah. And it's all about the intentionality. That's what changes the relationship from survival to we're going to thrive and we're going to take the steps to make it there. Yeah. But we're still going to have those survival low points where we're just like, oh my God, we got to get through this day. You're right. <laughs> oh, we're tired. You're right. So going into the holiday season, as we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving this week, what are some ways that you want to be, to continue to be intentional about our relationship so we're not just surviving? this week if we don't need to Mm -hmm. but we're having a good time right in the context of this being we're recording this a couple days before thanksgiving and then when this comes out it's after thanksgiving yep so um this will be a really important holiday season just because this is it's gonna be your first time with my family yeah and you're not gonna be going home i mean for context this is not that that much different because I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, Thanksgiving is not like a super huge cultural thing for my family. So I didn't feel as, as difficult about not being with my parents and my brothers for Thanksgiving. So I would spend it with my best friend's family. Right. Who's like a second family to me. Um, who is a second family to me. Let me clarify that because they will come for me if they're like, what do you mean like a second family? 
They are my second favorite. Oh, she's calling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to respond to her text. I was busy doing work. I love you so much. I'm going to reach for the phone right after this. Um, so I spent Thanksgiving with them. Yeah. And I'm always trying to find new and fun things to do for Thanksgiving. So this will be the first... Last year, my family came to me mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. So yeah, this will be the first time I'm spending it with your family, which is a new family. Mm-hmm. I love your family to death. So to death, to life, to everything in between. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Your third family. My third family. And before that, it's either been with my cousin, who's like my little sister, who's part of my first family, my actual blood biological family. Mm-hmm. So this will be the first time in a few years that I'm doing something like completely new for yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest intentionality for me with you coming to spend it with my family is even though um, they are your third family. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of comfort, and like you won't be like completely on your own and everything. I still find it to be my intent- my intention to be like I'm still gonna be next to you. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure like you're still introduced to family members you haven't met yet, and like still with family that you have met. And just the the key thing will just make sure you're not alone for an extended period of time, and that I'm there because even though of course like my family would be very welcoming, it's gonna be a lot of delicious food. It's going to be everything else like that. That doesn't really give me the free pass to be like, should we find on our own? I'll see you later. When we go home, when we go back home, you know, like we'll talk then and yada, yada, yada. Like the intention will always be just like, we go together, stay together and we leave together because there might be moments where it just like, it becomes a, like some situation can happen or someone will have a conversation. Just like, I'm here just in case. Because also, like, I own, like some family members only speak Spanish. And Andrea right. is still learning her Spanish. I am. So I'll be the translator. I <laughs> I'm just want... still really nervous to speak Spanish with your family, actually. I know. So I'm just not going to translate I've all the jokes. I've never actually tried. I'm just not going to translate I understand all the jokes. a lot more than I let on, but... It's so funny. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're understanding a lot of the things. So, like, you're understanding all the inside jokes and everything. Yeah, but I can't awesome. respond. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there awkwardly, like... Teehee and giggling to myself, but they don't actually know that I, I get it. I understand. No, but it's but great. But now my secret's blown, so. Exactly. <laughs> but but you still you still handle it like a champ. Thank you. But I but that to me is just the biggest thing. Just like everybody knows you're there. We're all just going to have fun. I'm not going to be too far away from you. Mm-hmm. And just like, you're, all, like you're still always going to feel welcome as you always have. Yeah. And it'll, it'll just be a really great time. And for me, the way I want to be intentional this week is making sure I got your back, too. In the sense, like, I, I know that in caring for so many people, you can easily get overwhelmed. All my cousins attack me. <laughs> and it's wonderful to see how you love your family and how they love you. I don't want to create an additional burden for that. So I appreciate you saying, like, you want to watch out for me and be near me. I will make sure to reassure you, too, that I'm good and I'm okay. And remember, like, the first time you met my parents at my graduation? 
for oh yeah the dinner i'm sick i'm so sorry still (laughs) you're fine i was so under the weather um but your mom said have something like a hand signal if you're doing too much Mm -hmm. and some like something like that because if we're always holding hands anyway then it's easy to do like a quick squeeze or something if we're feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so something like that you know that yeah that was helpful so if we're nearby if we're if we're because yes there's still quite a few members of your family that I haven't met um so if I'm doing too much or if I'm you know if you can tell that I'm nervous or if I can tell that you're nervous because you haven't made this introduction quite yet Mm -hmm. then we can do that squeeze and you know reassure reassure each other that everything's okay right it's gonna be a lot of fun just I'm thinking so about it, but honestly, thinking about it has me so hungry. It's gonna be really good food. So soon, so soon. <laughs> just a couple days. Yeah. So I, the the other thing that I want to tackle too is the with the theme of survivability and like the time frame because. This time, I think going into December, that's going to mark eight months for us. And it hasn't felt like eight months. It's quite crazy. (laughs) And like... Well, you're exposing us, but yes, it is eight months. Okay, but still. Eight months of us being officially in a relationship, but we've been... We've been in this relating to each other and in each other's lives for well over a year now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, my question revolves around this idea of what makes something last mm-hmm. and what makes it worth to keep going and to keep trucking and to, like, really appreciate how enriching the relationship really is. And I ask this question because a lot of times... I, th- I feel like it's just the age-old question of just like, well, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And we get a million and one answers, right? Like, I probably know people who have been married for 40-plus years mm-hmm. and just like 20-plus years or anything else like that. And it's just like, but how do you do it? And I've just come to realize the standpoint of like, every relationship on its own really is unique. It is. It's just like, even if someone gives you a piece of advice, that isn't going to be the way that really makes your relationship stand on its own. Mm-hmm. Like, you still have to find that on your own. Yeah. With each other. To, like, what's going to make the relationship power through. So what do you think? <laughs> I'm thinking. I feel like my heart skipped to be when you asked that question. Because it's going to sound cheesy, but honestly, you make it worth it. I think once I realized that there are so many little things that I notice about you. And I love the way your face lights up when you've done something you're really proud of. I love how meticulous you are about the things that you do for me and how your heart breaks when you realize you've missed something 
that you know was super important to me. And because I know just how deeply you care for me, I genuinely never have to question that. So I feel so blessed and secure in this place and in this relationship finally, which is something that I've been wanting for a long time. Mm -hmm. So... You make it worth it. I want to fight for this relationship because I know the person that I'm with also wants to fight for this relationship. Mm -hmm. And I know that your goal is not just surviving, but really thriving together yeah not super corny and super cheesy but no seriously um i love you therefore i want to work to make this right yeah and after having realized the things that i looked at maybe not as deeply in my previous relationships and the the eras in which I should have left. I'm able to kind of, if I see a trend popping up in our relationship that I don't really love, I'm able to kind of, to attack it first with you. Yeah. See how the change is being made, if at all. And every single time the change is made so it it makes me want to keep going it gives me a secure place for the loyal part of me to continue to want that longevity and to continue to stick it out with you mm -hmm. what about you i think i i think i could come up with more than definitely one answer <laughs> because beyond just like the little things and beyond just how considerate and patient you are with everything that you do, especially concerning me. You might be the only person I'm patient with. I'm not usually a patient person. Yeah, I've seen how you are with your brothers. But <laughs> continue. They get tackled. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> but... I wrote, I wrote down how there's the difference and I think the baseline of a really good relationship and what makes it last so long is when you're a good communicator and when you're a good listener. Mind you, I didn't say when you're a good talker and when you're good at hearing. Two very different things. Mm -hmm. Because anyone can talk and run their mouth. It's different when you can have a discussion. And you can hear all you want, but it can go in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. It's different when you listen and you retain information. Mm -hmm. And you do both flawlessly, in my opinion. Because <laughs> I could say something and you will not forget it. You really never will. <laughs> and then when we talk about something, like you know how to switch between a serious tone and then your caring, loving tone. But then I also really appreciate how a lot of things are really not off the table and you have a lot of 
curiosity and a lot of energy to try a lot of new things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things aren't off the table. It's one of the things that I really loved and appreciated you about the most and how I knew the relationship would be enriching is because I could say I want to go to Southeast Asia and you could be like, sure. <laughs> I want to go to Europe. Let's go. I want to try a new mini golf place. Let's go. That was so fun. There's a new food recipe we want to do. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's Uno Flip. They go like, oh, let's play that. We could hate each other. <laughs> and it's just like, it doesn't matter how small or big the thing is. It's just, we find so much fun in it. Mm-hmm. And we find so much joy. And I I can't explain how amazing that is. And how great it feels. Because you get just to see a lot of my world. And I get to see your world. And how that is just going to combine and create chaos and madness and enjoyment a lot of the time. It's a really pretty picture. Yeah. But I, I think that always is just the most enriching thing about anything. It's just the exploration. Mm-hmm. And it's what makes relationships so beautiful. You see the dark and you see the light. Mm-hmm. You go and this person is so new. But you are really the only person who gets to see everything. And I don't think people should take for granted at all when someone lets you into their world, how special that really is. Because it's really rare when you think about it. Yeah. And you just, like, you could have a hundred friends, but how well do you really know those hundred people compared to the five in your circle? And then compare that to the person that stands side by side with you. crazy how much they know (laughs) I'm glad you let me know that much about you and I'm thankful for you I'm thankful too I got to know so much about you well with that I guess we've reached the end of our podcast episode we have and I think in spirit of this of this season with Thanksgiving um, we're just going to keep saying thank you to everyone. Thank you to our friends and family who we know take the time to listen to the podcast. The thanks to all the new people who listen. Yeah. And even the strangers. We're glad that hopefully we won't be strangers forever. Yeah. Because we'll maybe create more opportunities to get to know our radio personalities, our entertainer personalities, as we've called them. <laughs> yeah. And we're doing a lot of things in the background to like want to do more things to engage. Mm-hmm. and talk to people you have a couple things in the works or at least you do and then i will help finalize it but more things will come and i'm just so happy we continue to do this because it's so fun it's enjoyable yeah and just greatly appreciate all the people who listen to us ramble and <laughs> in some ways like apply these things to their lives or we always have some overarching theme but what we actually talk about yeah may or may not hit the mark <laughs> yeah but i can't i can't wait for like future things to come for the rest of the season we're on episode three we got seven left to go yeah we made it to episode three two more and we're halfway through that's the survival versus enriching hey, hey. making it through these episodes yeah. well our fourth episode we're in the holiday series which is a three-part series so our next episode will be about family dynamics and that will be 
just right before Christmas, huh? Yeah, because, like, Thanksgiving will be with my family here. Uh -huh. Then you'll be with your family. Uh -huh. We'll be with our own families for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then New Year's, crossing my fingers, I'll be with your family. Yeah, we gotta buy that ticket soon. Yeah, so that that's why it'll be interesting to see like how these dynamics and how these shifts really happen because this will be really my first time, completely in a new location, spending it with another family for Thanksgiving. For I'm oh, sorry for New, new Year's, Year's. Not yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh, it's gonna be so great! I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to be back. Here's some new traditions, new holiday traditions, and. New beginnings. All right. Andrea got a tree. I did. Christmas I did get a tree. tree. I said I was going to do it last last episode, and we did. Christmas tree. Christmas it's tree. It's my first Christmas tree. No, I'm excited. Yeah. But anyway, let's hop off this. <laughs> let's hop off this line, because I know we're well over the hour now. But... And we're very tired. But... It was a pleasure talking to all of you again. We will see you in two weeks in the next episode. Have a wonderful rest of the... Thanksgiving evening? Yeah. Bye! Bye! Right.